We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today, the people of the Gadigal Nation, and pay our respects to Elders past and present. On today's episode, we have Laura Belcher, a business mentor for women. Laura works intuitively and often guides an individual with a mix of her extensive business knowledge and by reading and developing an individual's potential, they are struggling to see or trust alone. Welcome, Laura. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so grateful to see you both again. <laughs> we missed you. We missed talking to you. Ah, oh, well, I'm here unless of a great session. <laughs> so this one we're going to kind of steer towards us and we want to get some advice off you as well. Mm. So coming from your own personal experience, can you share a personal experience where you face limiting beliefs of – imposter syndrome because yeah, we're battling a little bit at the moment like it's it's a nice problem to have imposter syndrome to some extent but yeah. um yeah we want to know like and how you overcame it okay I feel like we've got two questions there so <laughs> yeah that's all right so it's like well first of all let's unpack it together so yeah, let's go. what is it right so when we truly I feel like it's kind of been this term that gets thrown around a lot, that gets used a lot. And it's just in spaces when we don't feel like we're enough. It's in spaces when we think that we're not worthy to be in it. It's in spaces when we don't feel like we're qualified to be in it. So the first thing to understand is we're constantly working from a space of projection. You know, like how are you meant to know what you're meant to feel in it anyway? Yeah, Yeah. you're right. (laughs) You know, like the more that we question that, the more I think that you can understand that we're only ever living out our own projection and our own um, idea, which looks different for all of us, mm-hmm. you know, and depending on your limited beliefs, some people are going to think they need more or less there. And one example, actually, so that's, that went through lovely girls. <laughs> Normally it's me on a tangent. Um, one example, I'll be truthful with you, was when I invested in my second mentor going into the business that I have now, I remember really working a lot with her and really trying to figure out, unpack where I was going next, what I was really passionate about, what I wanted to do, how what I wanted to move into. And I remember the first thing was like, oh, I need to like, what course do I need to do to yeah. be like a mentor? Well, what thing do I need to do? And um, she was like, no, you're just going to be you. And I was like, And it's the most vulnerable thing in the world. And I think that's why imposter syndrome is so threaded, like amongst everybody, but especially women, because our value inherently has always been to show up as perfect. Mm. You know, you don't, you don't move forward until you look perfect. Like, Mm. you know, you've got everything balanced, you know, you're not the shouting woman, you're not, you're sitting opposite a perfectionist. You know what I mean? When actually all that is, is a protection mechanism to shade us from shame off or not being enough okay yeah I feel so it makes perfect sense <laughs> that's all it is I isn't feel it? so it because what it is is we think that if we show up in a perfect way we will be seen we'll be respected we'll be loved we'll be like more present we'll be safer yeah what it's- are some of the common signs or indicators that you see when women are either starting up or have started up a business and like myself and Holly here with the podcast of imposter syndrome or, you know, those limiting beliefs, what are some of those indicators that you see? I think everybody everybody thinks that somebody else has got it all figured out. <laughs> so I think that's your biggest first indicator is knowing that nobody has. And I think I do have a kind of almost like a um, a better access to that, I guess, because this is what I do. I work with women. I speak to you all the time. And it doesn't matter if you've not started a company yet or you're running seven-figure business. You all have it. We all have it in some way. And I think it's real human nature. And I think it's also understanding that it's a muscle. Um, So the more that you kind of put yourself in positions where you do feel, what if I can't do this? What if I'm not worthy in this situation? What if I can't figure it out? What if I can't? do it justice the more you do that the more you strengthen the muscle and you have less fear of doing it each time you have less fear of 
the outcome. Because really, it's funny actually, this is a quote of my best friend, but he always says, um, everything's okay in the end. Because if it's not okay, it's not the end. Oh. <laughs> just keep going. That's such a great I quote. like that. It's a good one, right? It's and a long tattoo, but it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe when you're drunk in Europe, <laughs> um, it might not even say that. But yeah, um, I just think it's so layered, imposter syndrome. And I think that's why we kind of house it and it comes up so often. But I think it's one step at a time, finding out what it is that you feel an imposter for. How do limiting beliefs or imposter syndrome uh, impact our personal and professional lives? In every way. And it's funny because where business was built on masculine traits. So business was built by men. Obviously yeah. women couldn't actually be in business, couldn't gain finance for a long, long time. Only like one generation removed from us. So understanding where business comes from and understanding the inherent way that we all feel around it, we kind of, the way that women entered into the game is we mimicked the way that men won. Mm -hmm. So already we're an imposter and we're all, already we're limiting ourselves because we're like, oh, we need to be assertive. We need to wear a suit to be validated. Oh, if I go into a business meeting, I need to look put together. Oh, if I can speak on these subjects, I'm more present. If I wear these brands, I'm more worthy. Um, oh, my God. You feel you're seen? Speaking, I, I feel just, seen. I, I feel like she's yeah. just, she's seeing right through me right now. Fuck, go and put my pantsuit away then. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I nearly it. wore it today. I'm so glad I did it. Oh, I would have loved that. No, look, I've been through it, right? And I'm still on my own journey with it. And I really have to ask myself, like, even the things I want, I go, who's that for? Do I feel a bit more seen if I have that, you know, I, it's a running joke with my friends, but I've, I've always loved watches. That is one thing I've mm. always loved. And I was on a waiting list for a, a brand that is very well, very well known. And only really in the last six months have I, have I got to this space where I can see what that means more and more and more. And it's like, I think the further you get along, I mean, we've gone a little bit of subject here, but I hope this is still useful. So it's like, the more further and further along I go in understanding who I am, where my value is, where my power is, I feel less of an imposter. I feel less of needing all these other things to make me feel valid in situations. And I think that is, sorry, coming back to you girls, and um, that is definitely where I see the crossover. You know, there's no separation between business and personal because we don't become different fucking characters you're still you, do yeah, you know what I mean? Still yeah. who you are. And yeah. the thing is, is if you do do that, it's very draining. Oh, I was just about you to say. You try to be someone you're not. Because how exhausting is that? Well, I do feel like I try to be different in personal and business. Being a different character, right? But it is fucking exhausting. Yeah, that, that I mean, don't do that anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy. As soon as you said about even like going down to what you wear and Tegan and I looked at each other straight away and it's like people have in their heads that they have to dress a certain way to be taken seriously. Yep. And women especially have to be dressed in suits. You've got to be conservative and all this kind of stuff to be taken seriously. And if you don't, you're not going to be taken seriously. And we we had this conversation like we've planned our, our outfits and everything like that. This day we're going to wear this and that day we're going to wear that. Do you know down to the point where – specific guess we've specifically chosen isn't that in more conservative and you know what the more conservative outfits are for the male guests. I knew you were going to say men yeah. how crazy is that yeah. yeah you know and this is the thing when we start to go oh that's interesting you start to read yourself in these ways you start to learn where you can grow more like and, and you know and and it's a beautiful thing it's not about judgment to us of being broken or not you know whatever it's going wow, that's really interesting. Why do I feel more safe or seen? What is it that makes me feel a different certain way? What could I give myself more of? What could I work on more to not need that in that environment? You know, and that is, that's the unlayering becoming our true self. It's time. And, and I think that's why it's funny, like the subject of authenticity, because a lot of people throw that word around, but it's like, it's all subjective. Because mm. you're authentic to how you think you are being your truest self, but normally you're like a walking coping mechanism. Do you know what I mean? God, <laughs> it's so crazy. You're just unraveling so much. It's like you say you're being authentic, 
to yourself, but you're actually not. You're just betraying the person that you think you should be. Yeah, which is in like that is authentic in a way because you truly believe that that's what's right right now. So yeah. I think this is the game of evolvement. This is the game of moving forward, and that's where we like we release those feelings around imposter syndrome as well because it's like I, I do you know what else is mad is that I've it's so funny and me included I'm here I'm with you I'm calling myself out there is a feeling that when we get to different milestones we'll be more seen we'll be more valid you know biggest yes. thing right now metrics right oh, oh get me on <laughs> metrics you know bullshit but like this is the thing and the sadness of it is I have worked with people that have got tons and all of these things but it's never about it's about conversion because you know the more metrics you have too the more almost like you become a prisoner to that because if you've portrayed someone as well like um it's hilarious I know I've got so many different lives that we've we've gone over a few Mm. but I am actually like a professional photographer as well so yeah in between both of my businesses I really really missed being creative because that was my pathway when I was younger as we were chatting on the last one and towards the end of um, the property business, I picked up a camera. I was always obsessed with it because I love, I love creativity. It's such an outlet for me, like as in um, creating like energy, like a m- moment in a picture. Like I loved it. And um, I modeled when I was younger and I used to model for like a lot of just commercial stuff, like a lot of um, photography workshops. I used mm. to listen. So I used to be like, so we'd go out on these shoots and locations and I'd be like, look, if I get down like that and look over there, you get up there. And, and I'd almost direct the photographers. It was hilarious in the end. And a, a guy that I was connected to at the time, he was a photographer. So I bought a secondhand camera and that was kind of the journey into really using, starting to use my gifts for women because it really made me so happy where I could be in a place where women are so objectified like fully in the modeling world yeah and sexualized yeah, and I was like how you know my sets were like safety so I could because I sense energy so much too I knew if somebody wasn't feeling okay you know if like the black woman's in the room and the hair artist can't do her hair not okay you know what I mean like if someone's not represented like I wouldn't go on that job I needed to know all of those things so my values and my ethics met where that was which was harder as I kind of went along in the influencer game, but sorry, I'll get to the point going back to metrics and all those things. It's shocking what you see, you know, like how there be, can be so many sad, you know, people really sad in themselves that are fully allowing their validation and their value to be put on these numbers or, you know, they'll, they would have like created this like persona yeah, that, and, and like, I'll meet them in real life and I'm like, you're so much cooler and like, you're so much more, you know, just, and then this is the game again of like us learning to be our true self because we've, we've coded that because we think we're safer and we're seen there more. You you're know? speaking to us so much right now. Cause even I know with my social media and Tegan knows this, I get all the time. People will think I'm something and then they meet me in person. And they're like, you're so down to earth. You're so nice. You're so like, wholesome and like they had no idea but definitely metrics and that's something that team and I focus on a lot with the podcast and everything like that is we're so dialed in on how many listens how's the Instagram going how you know how many episodes do we have out who's on you know we're thinking of all these different things and if we're not getting that validation or we feel like we're not getting enough listens we're not getting enough likes we don't have enough follows we feel like like we're not winning like are we meant to be here yeah you mentioned that imposter syndrome to some extent can be defined by your own limiting and self beliefs yeah. and self doubts what's the first step you would recommend people take they're feeling overwhelmed they're feeling like they're suffering imposter syndrome what what should they do to start looking inwards and not have negative self-talk, I suppose. One thing is understanding that we're always going to have negative self-talk. You know, like when we truly understand that we have like a higher awareness and we have our ego, so it's like our shadow self and our higher self. So it's this constant, there's always going to be a constant. Otherwise, everybody would do everything they dreamed of. People mm-hmm. don't because they're 
because of this shadow self. So it's like, it's, it's kind of like, what are you choosing to believe today? And it's not, I think the biggest thing is giving yourself compassion and forgiveness all of the time. That is the biggest thing. Like, do you truly talk to yourself and help yourself, listen to yourself? Are you there for yourself like you would your best mate? Yeah. Is imposter syndrome the same for everyone? I know the answer to that is no, but like what about different demographics and different cultural groups? Like do you believe that we all suffer it differently or similarly? I think, again, it is subjective. So it is always going to be layered in our own version of life. And I I can never talk on another person's lived experience, but I think as women, when we understand everything about our oppressor being a man to a woman, um, it, you know, society has been built on a structure of everything we've like mentioned and we spoke about before, you know, all of the things like white privilege, pretty privilege, mm-hmm. skinny privilege, all of these yeah. things. And that's not what we believe. It's what the world has taught us, which is why that then, you know, puts this layering effect of imposter syndrome on. But the but the first thing to understand is what is it within imposter syndrome that you're struggling with? Like let's, let's you, use you two now. Yeah, let's okay. do it together. Right. Yeah, let's, let's go. <laughs> Tell me something that you get – one thing, let's do one thing together that you think, oh, I'm an imposter here. Can I do this? Like, what's the thing that keeps you awake at night? That we're feeling an imposter for? I don't know where to start. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the one that's Breathing. very I think one that's very common is probably even the guests, the amazing guests that we get on. Yeah, that we yeah. always be like how are we getting such great guests? And even though there's some connections, how do we pull this off? I think that's one of them for sure. Okay, let's start there, right? So that's the feeling of, so just to clarify that a little bit more, you're feeling like how are we going to pull this off as in like how are we going to do this? What how are we going to say? have we pulled this off? Okay, so that's not I being think- an imposter. That's like going fucking hell. How have we done this? Yeah. The imposter would be like I'm not even going to, talk to this person because we're not worthy enough to talk okay so what are we suffering in that instance just self-doubt yeah I think that's more of a self-doubt thing you know yeah and I think again it's um the projection of where self-worth and value and accolades sit because in that moment you're putting that person above you guys you know yeah so then I would look at that even further and ask yourselves why is it their metrics? Is it their qualifications? Is it the way they speak? Is it because then that will be the reflection of what you don't think you're enough for? It's so interesting you say that because we've had some high profile guests and most of them are lovely. And then some of them we've walked away and gone, was that it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we yeah. have put them up on that pedestal and it hasn't necessarily been metrics or you know, whatever, it's been just status, societal status. Isn't that 100%? And it's their status that they put up on this pedestal and then we meet them and we speak to them and like Tegan said, we look at each other and we're like, is that it? Like, Sorry, everyone. um, I don't know who that is, but that's hilarious. Probably just in the sense of um, (laughs) (laughs) we're not getting – what we thought we would like out the exchange, of them. Yeah, right? the exchange, so, yeah, the conversation. Everything, yeah, everything's energy. So this yeah. is another thing, isn't it? Like we often put kind of glorified energy on something that we've not experienced before or that someone is portraying. Yeah. So like, as you say, in that moment, you kind of was like, wow, that was a really interesting energy exchange. We thought maybe you would give more. We would feel more, you know, maybe like, inspired and educated that's correct that's probably the right word of what you have or what you're saying what you're doing and you know I think that that is just constant journey I remember I'll tell you one example I remember I went to Mexico and um, I was um, connected to a couple of mentor coaches and online I fully like again we do this because we all do this I placed myself kind of like where they were at as in like kind of similar metrics there you go kind of similar, like just as in what they were sharing, what they were doing, going into podcasts, like their methods, all these things. And it was really weird. So I was on a podcast 
um, with someone from the UK, but I was filming it while I was in Mexico. And she said, one of my um, connections is in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all oh, right. And then she was like, you should meet up. This is her name, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then that the next morning I went down to the beach and I was just doing a bit of yoga and whatever on the beach. And I connected to this woman and I am really intuitive. And again, I've dulled that a lot of my life. I listen to it so strongly now and I'm proud of it. And I know it's one of my superpowers and that's not validated in business because, again, that you, you'd be laughed out of the room 10 years ago if you went into fucking Apple and you were like, I feel that we should just be. <laughs> how are we feeling? No, oh. people are validating how you're thinking, what are we doing, what actually Energy exchange take. is a thing and you should trust in it more. Absolutely. You know, and that intuition, God, is so powerful. Like when we truly tune into it and understand it and move from that space – and make decisions there and um yes yeah, so anyway, I started chatting to this woman and she was like you need to talk to this girl that I know of and she's down in this next like state or whatever that I was going to for a few nights mm. same woman no way no way mm. so I was like that's a bit mad that I mean the universe never shocks me but then sometimes it does and I was like whoa so anyway chatting away but the point of my story is that I wouldn't name her name because it's not fair for me to and again really protecting other women in that environment but she just really wasn't where she wasn't mentally she wasn't professionally in a space that her metrics or her social showed mm-hmm. you know and um I and I also found out she'd spent heading into well it was six figures on mentoring wow whoa that's huge. So yeah. I was so triggered in so many ways because, first of all, I was like, who the fuck are you paying? And this is just not okay because yeah. you shouldn't be in this state of not knowing who you are, what you are, where you're going and what you're doing. Or, like, be in this space where, you know, like you've not been able to kind of structure business in and all of that stuff um, at that state, you know. And then also portraying a certain, I don't know, persona online when that's kind of my field as well, you know. Inauthentic. And yeah, and it's and again, it is so hard because we are all living our own lived experience. We're, our own, we're all on our own journey. Like yeah. what is wrong, what is right? But I think it's just always those moments and like what you girls had with that person, you know, that you're talking mm-hmm. about. It's just that reminder that you're doing a good job. You're doing a great job. And one thing as well that will help you um, – stop looking at metrics and stop measuring yourself there because that's dangerous ground and you know why it's dangerous because the bigger you get the more you will not have your value near you Mm. it'll just get bigger and bigger won't it yeah we'll never be happy and you become more and more and more of a prisoner to it as well yeah okay what was your last imposter syndrome thought oh I have it all the time have it all the time and again because it's branched as an umbrella over so many things, I think, imposter syndrome. Um, it's like going back to what we were talking on the other podcast when I was saying around how you got, when you go up another level, you're tested again. Yeah. So at the moment, I know that I'm being tested with speaking my full, full truth. And I've never not spoke my truth in the things I believe in, but the things I teach now are literally from me. Yep. They're from no book. They're from no other person that's teaching business. They're from no other like strategy on how to. They're not from no other cause. They are my ways of working. They're from my lived experience. They're from my... Your genuine truth. Yeah, my ways of working, how I truly believe business should be built and how it's built in a great way for like longevity, for fulfillment. Um, and that can be really polarizing sometimes because I'm always going against these old, you know, ways of thinking or being or questioning some really like higher profiled people. So if I go into that space and put my value on my metrics or all of these things, I would be doubting myself constantly, constantly. You know, the way that I get out of those small moments when I go into lack or fear or worry or just not feel like I'm enough in this new space or doubt things is gratitude. It's such a great thing. Gratitude mixed with reflection. So actually, you two should do this too. Actually sit down. This is a really good exercise. And for anyone listening, this is a really good exercise for your like, um, yeah, for our subconscious where you write a letter to yourself, like started with the date of, new, was it New Year when you said you've yeah. done the first one, yeah. right? Start the date there and write a letter to yourselves 
about what's going to happen in the future. That's such a great idea. That is such a great step for people to take. So you date it from that New Year's Eve date and you're writing it from that space. From like a year from that day? Yeah. Um, And you're writing it to yourself to let your future self know what's going to happen and you're basically taking it to the present day. That so you're sense. basically jotting down, it's a, it's a different way to prompt yourself to jot down all the successes you're currently having. Yeah, but you're embodying them. So yeah. in the subconscious. Like, like manifesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like the backwards way of manifesting, right? And manifesting isn't in words, it's in a feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's like we attract the frequency we're working from. So that's why that is brilliant because that is truth. That is your brain won't, your brain, your shadow self can't um, kind of, make you feel anxious or doubt it or worry or feel lack or kind of, you know, say negative talk because that's the truth. That's awesome. I My next question was going to be, have you got a tool for us to work on that into how to overcome that? And that I'm, I will be doing that for sure. Definitely. It's so good. You know, what's mad is when I actually touched down in Australia in October last year, I was definitely going through a transitional period. And like I say, it's just this new up-leveling and trusting and all of this stuff of my own self. And um, I wrote a letter to myself from two years ago. Yeah. It was like, it was about 40 pages. Oh, <laughs> I was like, guess what happens? And um, it, it's such an incredible, beautiful thing to do. Cause I think we're constantly layered in fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, all of these things that we just truly do forget the present moment and we do truly forget you know what we've done and just think like can you imagine your younger self looking at you two now I know I I can't and I think this is why that exercise would be so helpful that even current me can't fathom the current me so I really feel like that exercise is going to prove really helpful for me it'll be really good for you yeah yeah no I I genuinely can't I think everyone can take that exercise and no matter what you're doing in life, I think if you write a letter to yourself from a year like to open in a year's time, I think that can help so many people because like you were saying, so many of us, so many different avenues of imposter syndrome we get for so many different things. Yeah, absolutely. That's the big thing I do with my clients when they first come with me and I also make them do a year um, in the future and that's the hardest one. Yeah, I could imagine that would be. One of the main things I'm taking from this is not so much, you know, going through imposter syndrome is that I actually don't have a lot of self-worth and I know that's not new news to Holly or I but mm. um, it's being highlighted even more evidently that, yeah, perhaps it's a lot of limiting beliefs about my own abilities. I mean, you're just not alone. Know that you're never alone and I think we all suffer with our own lack of self-worth um in different ways for different reasons um one thing I would say is we believe what we say constantly so you have to be very careful with the words that you constantly say because the more that you just say that even just saying that to me there you're affirming it to your mind constantly right so one thing that you can practice and we can all practice whenever it's something that we don't I mean, what we know that isn't benefiting us is to say, I've always struggled with self-worth, but I'm working on it. It's so interesting because self-worth is so many different things. Yeah, and it's everything. And it's everything. Like I know because of the way I look, I'll talk myself down because people presume I'm dumb. So I'll talk myself down and be like, and speak that truth to myself when it's not actually factual, but I'll speak that truth to myself so I don't feel inadequate to other people. 100%. I'm going to give you an analogy that came to me the other day because guess what? I've been listening to myself more and I'm going to share it with mm-hmm. you both because I think your listeners help it help them understand why value is so important too and all of the things that we're talking about today, which is why it's so important you work on yourself and understanding what you what spaces you go into or the things you do subconsciously that you think make you feel more safe more seen more successful of more value and you work at 
removing that from yourself one thing at a time. And the only way you can do it is by going into that scenario, not doing that thing that you would naturally do to feel safer or to feel more seen or to feel more worthy. That comes in an array of things. It's like the way that we dress. It might be the way that you speak, how you might code slightly different to different situations. It might be how your default is to be funny. It might be how your default is to um, over please. It might be that your default is to kind of like overshare or to over articulate a situation. And to get back to the analogy of how I want to explain it to you, and it comes to me the other day, it's like all of the money that you own in your life, right? It represents an energy, but money is a connective thing of safety. Mm-hmm. So to question you both, I'm sure the money that you have in your life is probably in spaces that you know where it is. Yeah. So it's in a bank or two or three or whatever. And there is a pin code to get into it, or there is security measures to get into it. And there's an element of your mind that it feels safe. You're like, I kind of know where it is. It's there, whatever mm-hmm. is the bank. So imagine if there was your value is a hundred percent of what you are and who you are and 30% of it. So let's say it's like money, right? So say if a hundred percent of your money, instead of it being in those spaces, you know, blah, 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 30% of it is with your mum and dad. They're looking after it. That's cool. It's your decision. Mm. 20% of it is with you. 10% of it is with a childhood um, teacher from the school um, 20% of it is with strangers on the internet. And I think we're at 90. So I'd say. <laughs> I'm bad at math, so I'll trust you. Thanks. And then 10% is um, the bus driver that drives you around that you see on your routine every day. Imagine how draining and exhausting that would be to constantly check in on that money. Yeah. yeah. Imagine you'd be like, oh shit, I've just got to make sure that, where's that and how's that paying for that and where's that? It would be a constant space of people pleasing, coding, making sure everyone is okay. Like, oh God, yeah, no, they've still got it. I've got to get it back off them, but I kind of trust them. It's cool. It's like, imagine how uncomfortable that would be. Well, the Bank of Tegan, in your analogy, then has about 57 accounts. Exactly. So mm-hmm. that is solidate. Exactly. <laughs> And, and you see how that, when we see it in that space, you need to take back all your accounts, one account at a time, one at a time. And you need to trust that you can do that and you're still worthy, you're still enough by taking that back. So that might be you do show up differently in the scenarios that you might have shown up, I don't know, in a different way before. And, you know, I'm always testing myself in this and it depends what day you catch me on of, of whether I struggle or not in it. Like, I went to a networking event this week. I never really go to those things, but it's good now and again. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, it was a women in business event and I went in a tracksuit and trainers. And I also have that imposter syndrome that I've had to work on a long time that I'm a business mentor and I'm quite young. Yeah. Right? So I know that there's things that I can teach any people of any age and any of ex- like of any experience. I know it. I know it in my body and in my mind, but I have to do all of my own like tools, methods, techniques to just constantly, you know, not go into those spaces of, of imposter syndrome. So like challenge yourself yeah. in those scenarios. Yeah. Like, do you still feel worthy to speak your truth in there? And you know, in, what's crazy? in your trackies. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is it's actually like, sometimes I get really well received because I think this is the thing of human beings is that when you see someone doing that, you're like, you almost want to be in their gang more. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You're more relatable. And yeah. approachable. Because we all truly just want to be ourselves. 100%. So it's like when you see someone else trusting in themselves and they're like, oh, wow, they've, they've not kind of come as appropriate or whatever that means. And we've all got it in our subconscious of what we think it looks to mean or whatever. Yeah, 100%. You almost respect them more or, you know, you want to be a part of their gang. And if you don't and then you're judging them, Guess what? That's because you're judging yourself. It comes back to you. Yeah. So how can mentors or support networks play a role in helping individuals overcome imposter syndrome? I think it goes back to um, us understanding all that it is. And a little bit like, you know, when um, we were talking on the last podcast and I said that my experience of being mentored the second time personally, because the first time it it was like a part mentorship, Mm -hmm. um, going into the mentorship that I've just been in for two years 
It was literally like a degree for me. So it helped me in every way. It challenged me. Like what I realized was that I was really good at creating business before, but I wasn't good at believing I was deserving as much as I believed I could from a masculine place Mm. hustle. Yes. You know, so where I understand that now is that I wasn't healed and I was really like scorning my feminine because I found it more comfortable to be present, to lead, to take action, to be assertive. You know, like I'm so intuitive and I feel so deeply, but I would never validate that on a business deal. I'll be looking at the facts. I'll be looking at the figures. I also like was in a really like um, unevolved industry. Do you know what I mean? Like I look back now and I think, shit, you know, like we had barely any women working with us and that kills my heart now and my values of what I stand for. But I had to do all my own work to believe I was enough and to believe that actually like, you know, even on my website now, I only updated it at the beginning of the year when I did a rebrand, but I write on there now, I intuitively mentor. And that was a long time for me to truly honor that and to stand in it because people come on board and they invest a lot. And I think when we do that, naturally, we kind of want to know all of the pathways. We're like, well, how does it work? Like, what course am I doing? What does it look like? What things, you know, what am I going to learn on all those things? And sometimes I can't tell you the answers because until I take you on a journey, I don't know what you're going to struggle with and what you're not going to struggle with. And I always explain it to my clients and, and they understand it in the same way. It's like, I truly believe that we get placed in life on a riverbank and you can get like short wins there, which is what I would call money, holidays, like, um, you know, viral fucking social media content, all of these things, right? Like relationships, but deep fulfillment is the other side of the riverbank. Mm. And it's like, what does your heart truly want? Like, you know, what would be the best setup for you? What does that look like? Like, how does your life kind of set up? Like if you could, you know, like if you wasn't living for the weekend, what would every day look like? You know, what do you care about? What would you want to be a part of? Like, how do you want your day to day look? to look and all those things but the reason why a lot of us don't ever go for it is because there's a river to swim and and it's and that's fear it's lack it's we're afraid we're so afraid we're like we don't know if we're going to drown we don't know if we're going to make it across there we don't know if if I leave this toxic relationship am I going to get a fucking great one that I dream of like if I stop and like work a business from the ground upwards and we just trust in our podcast we trust in our journey and we know what we put aside for two years it doesn't matter if we get one listen it doesn't matter if we get a hundred if we speak our truth we know our why we know our values we know that we're leading for a great purpose we can do this it's like that's you choosing to swim the river so that's a very hard journey alone and we don't often do it and as a mentor I can't ever swim it for you but I sit in it. You'll be in it with them. I'm in it. I'm in it. And I'm going, right, come on, get off the riverbank. And they're like, I'm kind of in. And I'm like, no, you've got to tow in because it's a vulnerable action, right? It's, it's a vulnerable journey. So the biggest thing as well I would say to people is you have to truly be connected and you should trust whoever you're working with. Trust is the biggest thing, mm. you know, and again, you have to truly believe there's a pure intention to action. And what I mean by that is that you truly are going into it, understanding what someone's saying to you and accepting that. So for instance, and vice versa. So for instance, if somebody's it comes to me because they've kind of been, it's word of mouth or something, and we have a discovery call, if I know in my heart that they just want to make money, I can't work with them. Because that um, working from that place won't win longevity because, for instance, your business, your podcast, your messaging. We're not making money and we're still here. And that's what I mean, right? And it's okay and it will come with time. Yeah. And it's not about that you're not going to make it forever and all those things, but true great businesses don't work with the fear or don't work with the main focus, the main driver is money because you'll never make great decisions because you'll always be a prisoner to money. You'll never be making ethical changes or leading from a place of purpose because money will be the driver. You have to lead from your truest self, from your purpose. What I find really interesting is what you said in the last episode was that you, for the past six months, you haven't 
been reading books, yeah. you haven't been listening to podcasts and everything like that because you're going with your gut feeling and your intuition. Do you feel that's how you drive through mentoring and helping other people is just from obviously your own experiences and your gut feelings with other people? Yeah, I do now. I I think when I first started my mentoring journey, I had a great mentor mentoring me too, mm. who's also like very she inspires me. She's incredible. Like she's a friend in my life too. She's a friend before a uh, business mentor. But um, yeah, I think I just had a little bit, it was almost like this invisible support, right? Probably with my own imposter syndrome. So it was like, God, I'm taking these people on this journey. What if there is something I can't help them? What is something I can't do? Mm. And then it would be, I always knew I had her there with me as well. But definitely in the last six months, I just I just feel like I've just stood. I'm a little bit more grounded in in who I am and really taking on everything that I do and I give and and knowing like and really speaking my truth and feeling just uh, I don't know like more grounded to sound really good at this. Yeah, you know I think we all doubt that, don't we? Do you know? I know you're damn good at this. And Holly just mentioned the last episode you were on, and I'm going to bring it up now. Last episode we jokingly said we'd send off an application for your Nobel Peace Prize. I'm writing a second application because they haven't gone back to me yet <laughs> because I'm looking at the clock and that is five and a half minutes that I haven't said a word. Just been listening. That is so hard for anyone to do to shut me up. Holly knows that. Oh. I I literally just sat there and just took out so many little pearls of wisdom out of everything you were saying then. So I know you're a great mentor and a great coach. Thanks, girls. Honestly, it means the world. Like, it truly means the world. And I say all of this stuff and it is all of my truth, but it doesn't mean that there is still, like, a tiny Laura Belcher that gets a bit frightened <laughs> sometimes, you know what I mean, or that. We're all learning. Yeah, or has, like, moments on her own that just feels, like, alone or vulnerable. Like, I have all of that stuff. And um, and so it means a lot. You know, like I say, I, I know that I'm in the right room and I know that I've got a lot to give and I know that there's a lot of wisdom inside of me that will um, I mean I'm kind of started to write a book at the moment and the way that it's being wrote is through analogies Shock, amazing great. and I know it's going to be so good oh, <laughs> I, I can't know. wait I yeah. I, and, you know it's taken me a long time to trust that deep-rooted sense of self and saying all of that and that is kind of the stopping of the listening to others mm -hmm. You know, and it, like, I still like, um, I still read other books, but it was more kind of questioning myself. Like, why am I listening to another podcast around understanding strategy or mindset or all of these things? Like, because it's often we do that because we don't think our gifts are enough. Yeah, we're listening to someone else's advice and what they're saying. We're taking that on board instead of our gut feelings and how we feel. Yeah, or in your line of work, you know, like why do you not feel enough there that you need to kind of like quote everybody else around you? And it's not to say that there's insane yeah. wisdom, but a lot of the things I connect to more now is more like spiritual stuff, which yeah. is my own personal journey too of like you've got being affirmed in that way in my life so, so much. So it's it's more... It was just stopping all of the books around like business and money and like mindset and strategy because I would pick a lot up and go and all of this and all of this and it wasn't from a space of arrogance it was like discernment yeah it was like but I needed to take that and I needed to go because my mentor at the time she saw this in me a year ago and I could feel like she was leading in me that way and I wasn't ready for that bit of the swim yet mm -hmm. yeah you know, and that swim I've just done on my own. And like I say, I'm still kind of like treading water and hoping for the best. And, you know, I'm sure there's like going to be some rapids up ahead. <laughs> but um, I do thrive on development. Yeah. What I find interesting is that taking from that is that we shouldn't compare ourselves to other people. For example, Tegan and I shouldn't be, you know, comparing ourselves to other podcasts or, you know, podcasts that have similar guests and things like that. We shouldn't be comparing ourselves to that or trying to listen to that. We should be doing it from our own gut and trusting in ourselves. Absolutely. We've already asked you our signature question on our previous episode. So what I want to do this time is give you an opportunity to pitch. What is it that our listeners get when they go on that journey with you as a mentor what what is what do they get what are they what's the benefit I truly can say this now and I truly believe in this 
that I help people move through the place that they were always meant to move through, but in a shorter amount of time that you would ever be doing it alone. Mm-hmm. Because it truly is like a degree for you. So I have got my own techniques, my own processes, all of the things I do. I collate everything that I've been through, that I see, my my unique gifts, the way I intuitively understand what's going on here. Um, learning about where you've got to already, learning about what limits you. I can feel it in people when I'm with them. Like I almost don't need to have conversations sometimes. And then it's crazy how, especially people online, I'll connect to people and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. That's exactly how I've been feeling. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, And then we build from the ground up with who you are. So the idea is that I, when you come with me, you come on a journey to develop. Like my key thing is that, and this is why I don't really call myself a coach, which is I do, I do sometimes coach within how I mentor people if I know that that's what they need at that point. Um, but mentoring is about I help you develop you. So you have your own unique gifts, tools, understanding, strategy for what you're doing. So when you're not with me and you're climbing the next mountain, you're like, right, yep, she said about that. Or what do we do at this point? This is a tree that we've not seen before. How do we move and navigate through here? And you're like, okay, well, I've got this device. I've got this device. Mm. So it's almost like a degree for you. As a fan of analogies myself, would you say then that your role is like a lifeguard while they take that swim across the river? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I always say this to my clients, like, I can never swim that journey for you, but I won't let you drown. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never let them drown. I, I know, I know, I know what's going on. And you know, and I say that with great boundaries that I'm not a fixer. I'm here to lead and here to, I'm here to like shine a mirror on who you are, but also kind of help you in that journey and that process of what that looks like. And I honestly truly believe, I know this is my path. I know it's fully alignment for me, but the thing that makes me so grateful is it's what I didn't have. I never felt worthy as a business owner. Yeah. It's taken me a long, long time to truly believe I could even do it on my own. Yeah. Because for years I had a business partner and then I had a mentor, you know, and I and I really understood that there was a lot of self-work I needed to do. And that all starts from when we're super young because I never saw business owners around me. My mum and dad weren't investors. They weren't any of that stuff. You know, I didn't, we, we didn't really have the internet that much. Yeah. You know, we wasn't that connective, was we? So like, I always had that um, entrepreneurial nature, like, you know, charging people to watch me dance, you know, and I do all sorts of stuff like, you know, oh gosh, I won't mention that, (laughs) you know, stealing from the shop maybe and selling it at school. (laughs) Trying to make that money. (laughs) So entrepreneurial. (laughs) I don't know if that was a, you know, but like, you know, just so many things. And I just think we live such a life where we're taken away from ourselves But it's like, who are we? Because they are truly like all you need to be. We've been taught so long that money, like to make money, it should be hard. You should have to work so hard. You should work hard nine to five. You should be working long hours. Even in business, even in business, like fully validated by that masculine, patriotic, like hustle, competition, all of that way of working when business does not have to be built like that. It absolutely does not, you know. I can already tell just by talking to you that how much of a support system you are and just by speaking to you, I already feel like I need a trust in my gut. I need a trust in myself. We need to not be so fixed on metrics and all these other things and not, you know, sabotage ourselves basically in our business. So I can already tell your value in just sitting down and speaking to you um, one thing as well I want to just give you both mm-hmm. because I, I felt it come and I was like I'm just going to give you both this so one thing that will help you with your metrics right is I want you to start seeing your business like what can sometimes happen when we're starting to build a business is that you will build the business around you right so this is part of my book FYI which I'm so being guided on at the moment not to be sharing until it's trademark but this will be fine you won't be able to get the whole concept of the book But what I want you to understand is often what we do is that you kind of build everything around you, right? When you're accidental business owner or when you're building, but you're building out a space of let's just wing it, see what happens. And often we do do this. It's very natural. It's very normal. Great businesses like build like that, but Mm -hmm. to take it to the next level and to be better at making decisions and to understanding how you make 
how you make decisions, you know, what's wrong, what's right, like, you know, where do we invest, where we not invest, blah, 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 all those things, is understanding that you almost have built a house around you. So the thing is, and your house is your business. So the problem is, is you're standing inside of it. So you're like looking around and it, it's fully you, it's, it's fully all of you. So it'd be all your limitations, but it'll be all of your um, incredible, positive, um, fiery traits. It will be your passion. It'll be everything. But the problem is, is it's too entwined. So this is a big thing that people come to me for, because when it gets bigger, that's even harder because you feel like, say if you get 100,000 comments saying, you're this bad person or you're not great or she thinks she's funny she's not or she Mm. thinks she's pretty she's not all of that shit that plays on our own mind where we've all been dealing with our own stuff in our own life that we're like wow how do we navigate this that will all be very personal that'll be all very overwhelming so the first thing you need to be doing at this stage is you need to build your house next door to your house yeah okay yeah it's a separate entity to you Right. So you have to see this as a separate thing. It will be get, it will also be easier for you both as business partners. I'm saying this from having a business partner for years. Nothing then becomes personal between you both either, because it's not about you two anymore. Mm. It's about the business. And guess what houses are built on? Foundations. Mm. And that's all of your all of your messaging. So that's like, why do you exist? That'll be your values as a as a company. That will be your mission, your vision, where you're going. And as well, as you get bigger and as you get tempted, right, and you get like maybe a massive sponsor sent to you or whatever, the way that you understand how to say yes or no isn't about you kind of in your house, like what's going to feel the most safest or what's going to feel the easiest. It's going, does it align? Does it make sense for that house that we're building? You know, do the values of that business match the values of what we've built? And that's your yes or no. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. It's, it I promise you, it's such a good learner because as you grow, you will be tested all the time. And especially, you know, like where there is value, money comes from all sorts of spaces. But for real longevity, it's about being super connected to why you're doing what you're doing. That also teaches you how you build your team. Because yeah. when you know what you're doing, why you're doing it, guess what? You'll attract right people for you. And then that will be beautiful, like, you know, synchronicity of other women or whoever it is wanting to be a part of what you're building because they truly understand that they believe in your integrity to what you are. This is how we create your dream house. Mm. Like it's one step at a time. There's lots of things within it, but it's so, so important. That's awesome. And again, this has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I cannot wait for your book. I'm I know you're so still excited. writing it, but well, like, I want to read get it. Going now, and I. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure, but all the pressure. <laughs> yeah, so excited to read it. My absolute pleasure. You two are wonderful. I love what you're doing, and keep keep doing it. Yeah, thank you so much, Laura. We've loved having you back on, and just being around you is so inspiring. And it just yes. makes me think. Okay, you need to be authentic to yourself. 